Christchurch, New Malden, 4th of July, 2021. Nathan Larkin speaking in the series, Hope Amid the Broken Signposts. What are broken signposts? Well, it goes by many names. Transcendence, awe and wonder, God moments, epiphanies, those fleeting instants where we're transported above the hustle and bustle of our everyday life and we catch even just a glimpse of something greater than ourselves. When we realize that we are in some way connected and we're part of something much bigger. We find these revelations at all ends of the human experience, from witnessing the birth of a child to facing the seeming finality of death. We have those moments when we encounter the most beautiful aspects of our world, and yet we're left pondering the same questions when we observe the devastation that we are capable of unleashing on each other. Is there more than this? There must be, mustn't there? These God moments are often fleeting and are increasingly drowned out by a world of almost constant distraction and the arrogance of complete certainty. But we've all had them. And this week, we're at the start of a brand new series called Hope Amid the Broken Signposts. And you may be thinking, what? What is a broken signpost? What has it got to do with hope? Well, there are several features of our human life and experience that are common to more or less all people and all cultures. And they seem to point beyond ourselves to the meaning of life, and I would argue to God himself. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at seven of these signposts. No doubt there are many more, but these seven are central and and really important. Each points to a realm beyond the material, And they are things like justice, love, spirituality, beauty, freedom, truth, and power. We all know that these things matter. Sometimes we might try to ignore one or more of them, but it usually comes back to bite us. And these things, justice, truth, beauty, and so on, they're built into our humanness. Tom Wright refers to them as echoes of a voice, echoes of the voice of our creator in the universe that he created. For example, you don't have to teach people that justice matters, that it's important. Even the youngest children in a playground will be heard shouting, that's not fair, despite having never studied moral philosophy themselves. When it comes to spirituality, for at least the last 300 years, There have been many in our culture who have tried to do without it. Spirituality is unnecessary. And it's resulted in this sort of secular age that we live in of atheist skepticism. And yet, in the midst of that, other things creep in to take its place. Spirituality still seems to matter to people, even if they want to reframe it. We may try to avoid these foundational impulses, but they'll still be there. So what are we to do with these deep instincts that we have? Many people have argued that they actually point us towards God. 
and that the reason we instinctively love justice, value beauty, long for freedom, and so on, is that these are implanted in us by the God who has made us in his image. But here's the strange thing about that, because it sounds very convincing at first, but there is one flaw. We all know that these things really matter to us, but we all mess them up. Take our longing for justice, for example. Uh, Next week, Katie is going to be speaking to us about that subject. Now, in our personal lives, we all want justice. If someone has broken into our house and there's been a burglary, we want police and law enforcement to come and deal with it. But if the occasion arises that we, or someone that we care deeply for, find ourselves having, even by accident, got on the wrong side of the law, we can quickly slide to a position of hoping that we'll get away with it. And we see the same thing on a bigger scale in international relations, where every country, in theory, believes in justice until its own interests are at stake. Or take love itself and relationships more broadly. We all know that they they matter enormously. And yet we all make mistakes. We all mess them up at times. We hurt people that we love and we are hurt by them, despite our best intentions. We could go on. Beauty brings meaning and depth and power into our lives. But the sunset fades into darkness. Even the most beautiful song comes to an end. And what about freedom? As we know too well, it's a beautiful idea, but it's often purchased at the cost of someone else's slavery. Power might be necessary to get things done, but the old cliche about power tending to corrupt holds true. And as for truth, well, we all know that it matters, but in recent years we have come to learn that truth claims might just be power claims in disguise. We see phrases like fake news and alternative facts now threatening everything from public health to democracy itself. So what does all of this mean? Are these seven signposts just telling lies? Do they point to God or are they just a cruel trick promising something better out there but forever keeping it just beyond our grasp? In the book that's inspired this series, Tom Wright describes a signpost as having two functions. Firstly, a signpost names a reality. So here we have a sign to London, and it tells us that somewhere out there, not here, is a place called London. It exists, it's not here, but it's somewhere else, and it's real. So the first job of a signpost is to name that reality. And when we taste even a drop of love, justice, beauty, we somehow know that it is real and that there is more out there, more that we should be seeking of it. But the second function of a signpost is to point us in the direction of that reality. Now the seven signposts that we've mentioned, they name realities that all human cultures value. They give us a clue about how we might begin to make sense of the world and the challenge of being human within it. But in and of themselves, they don't tell us all we need to know. They fall short, they're fractured, and they do not satisfy. They do not fully satisfy, at least. And this is why these signposts are broken. When we approach them on our own terms, 
and we fail to view them in the context of the God who created them, then we find that they're broken. They may start us off in the right direction, but we always seem to get lost. They're broken because we've believed that we can discern the direction that we need to go apart from God. And that's why through this series, we're going to be looking through the book of John to try to correct this course. As we look at the life and teaching of our Lord Jesus, we discover that it's only through him that we can ever find the proper orientation to follow these threads, these signposts. He sends us him in the direction of truth. Jesus points us towards true love. He sets us on the correct course for justice. So when we come to our reading today from John, we actually can see all seven of these signposts in play. It may not be all that obvious at first reading, but I'm going to show where they are. When Jesus stands before Pilate, in John 18 and 19, they argue about kingdom, truth, and power. The trial's taken place at Passover, the Freedom Festival, and it's supposed to showcase the legendary Roman justice system. A few chapters earlier, when John was summarizing everything that was about to happen, John highlights yet another of our themes. Chapter 13, verse 1 says, having loved his own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. John's telling us that woven deep into this narrative is that Jesus, as he goes to the cross, is dealing with precisely these issues. These are the issues at stake. The issues that we all know really matter in real life. Love, justice, freedom, truth, power. As the scene unfolds, we watch as Jesus goes to the cross. And we see the seven signposts, which at first look as though they might be pointing up to God, and we find that one by one, they fail, just as we experience in our own lives as well. So justice. The Roman Empire prided itself on justice, but Pilate's judgment is pulled and pushed this way and that by political interests and threats. Jesus is passed from pillar to post, with a baying mob seemingly having more influence than those charged with carrying out justice. Love? Jesus washed the disciples' feet in the chapters before, and he calls them his friends. But Judas betrays him, Peter denies him, and they all run away. Love, like justice, feels just when we want it to win. Spirituality? Well, the symbol that runs the whole way through the book of John, it's the symbol of the abundance of the water of life. It's a major theme. And now, terrifyingly, Jesus on the cross declares, I'm thirsty. Beauty, the beauty of new creation that shines out throughout those early chapters of John's gospel, right from those early days in Galilee all the way to the upper room. Well, it it seems like it's snuffed out on Golgotha. Freedom. As I said, Passover was a, a festival that celebrated freedom and liberation. And yet it stood on its head as a murderous brigand is released and Jesus dies in his place. Truth. Pilate just sneers. Truth. What's that? 
We're the empire. We make our own truth here. And power? Well, Pilate boasts that he has the power to have Jesus either released or killed. But Jesus corrects him that God has indeed given Pilate that power, but that it comes with severe responsibility. So throughout the reading, we see what's happened to our seven signposts. They are hopelessly broken. And yet, these signposts still draw us towards them. These things are still etched deep into our hearts and our imaginations. They should have provided clues to the meaning of life. And perhaps even signposts pointing up to God, the creator himself. But what has happened? One by one, they're trampled upon, twisted, distorted, snuffed out. It's almost as though John is inviting us to look at these signposts one by one and to watch as they fail to deliver. Or do they? You see, here is the twist. Because the story of Jesus as he goes to the cross is a story that we all know. The story of what happens when our vision of the world and, our, and of ourselves come crashing down around us. Jesus comes to the place not where the signposts originally appear to be pointing, but where they have collapsed and are left in a heap. The noble dream of justice appears to point up to God. John's story of justice, it's justice perverted, and it points to Jesus on the cross. The powerful dream of love appears to lift us up towards God, but John's story of the failure of the disciples' allegiance points to Jesus on the cross, and so on. Our post-enlightenment culture is based on a quest for truth, real truth, solid truth that you can bet your life on. John's story of Jesus claiming to tell the truth and Pilate sneering and sending him to his death is a classic postmodern moment. We're in charge of truth here, thank you very much. And this is why I think that paradoxically the story of Jesus' crucifixion carries so much power to this day because it's a story we all know. The story of how our best intentions and aspirations let us down. How our dreams and the things we've put our hopes in can be crushed by an unsympathetic reality. It's the story of a God who comes to meet us, not at the pinnacle of human achievement, but right there at the bottom of the heap, the place of broken dreams, broken hopes, broken signposts. Now, there are many aspects of human life across time and cultures which really do seem to point up to God. But history and experience suggest that these signposts are broken. They remind us instead of the chaos and tragedy of our world. That glimmer of hope, but it never quite gets to what it should be. But when we bring it back to the story of Jesus going to his death, facing that seeming failure and rising victorious, we find that Jesus comes precisely to the point where those broken signposts have ended up. There we find him coming to the place of human failure and brokenness to meet us right there. And John's story insists that this meeting was the ultimate act of love, of God's love. 
Now, our task is to help people discover that the dark journey they've been travelling leads to the foot of the cross and that there they can meet the God who has come to meet them. These signposts, justice, love, spirituality, beauty, freedom, truth and power, they do point to something more. But to know what that is, we must focus our gaze through Jesus. Ultimately, the only way you can get to any, that any of these signposts will function properly is when human beings give their allegiance and worship to the God whom these signposts properly point the God revealed in Jesus. And as we put Jesus in the middle of the picture, we begin to see that all the broken dreams and the broken signposts of human life end up pointing to him. Our world has tried for too long to get the fruit off the tree while pretending it can do without the root. And over the next few weeks, this series will hopefully attempt not only to explain the world the way it is, but hopefully to help us to be part of getting things back on track, to reorient our focus on Jesus, our cornerstone.